Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite by this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. This Saturday, the 11th of December, you're listening to Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. And listener, before I let him even open his mouth and utter a breath, it is Pierre's penultimate show. Your second, second last second last show, Pierre. Well, that's right. That's right. As, uh, I don't know. Did you announce? Did I announce it? I said this was yeah, going to be I did. A, thirty I... years on on radio. I think it's time for have a break. But I don't actually call it a retirement. I call it just a a sacking. Ex- I I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. Or if you can call it's it perform- sacking. being performance managed out. That's right. Being performance managed <laughs> out. It took you a while, so you're a bit slow there, Giselle. But uh, well, you know, we we believe in um, union standards for performance management, so we gave you every shot. We <laughs> possibly could and 30 years comrades that's how long it took us to get it through uh legally (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that reflects poorly on you or all right jody i don't know if you want to join us again next year but i'm the one you got to get in with not pierre he's leaving but of course you know uh, uh, in the years to come you know i might do an appeal and so maybe in five years time i'll be back but who knows you can never you can never say never in life that's all i'll say but But in uh, in all serious listeners i am actually very very sad that pierre is leaving and last week i hinted that uh, we'd be organising something for next week and I finally um, managed to force us into PS schedule. So next Saturday, the 18th of December at 9.30. So at the end of the show, we're going to have a farewell for Pierre at the cafe next door, which is called ARA, A-R-R-A. The address is 15 Smith Street, In Fitzroy, Um, it is an open invitation to all of our listeners, anybody that wants to meet Pierre, tell him what a great job. Look, I'm going to do this. It's taking every ounce of self-discipline to do it. Any listener that wants to commend Pierre on an outstanding 30 years of radio broadcasting, uh, please come. Please come. It would be very moving for Pierre to see the people that wake up to us on a Saturday morning. And I promise I'll autograph anything you like as well. Oh, so dear. There you go. <laughs> Generous. <laughs> but but um, for for most of you listeners, there, there will also be one coffee provided on the house so that you can come and have a coffee with Pierre. That's what uh, you really um, get them. But thanks for that, um, Giselle. And um, it's only been um, uh, very, very um, interesting to be on the show for so long. And maybe, who knows, maybe um, next week I might say a few more words. <laughs> On 30 years. But, of course, the show will go on. Indeed, it so, will. Um, so we might as well. We do have some lots of news, and it's just about uh, four past nine o'clock here on Asia Pacific Currents. And thanks very much to uh, Annie for another very interesting program of Solidarity Breakfast on a Saturday. And that uh, music was Never Fade Away by Blue King Brown. So you're listening to Asia Pacific Currents on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. And, of course, um, I'm Pierre Morrow, and... 
Jodie Paskett. And Giselle Hanna. And of course, uh, APC is brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. That's right. You can find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au. Um, we are on Twitter and Facebook, so tune in or, or look us up on those social media platforms. I will very quickly say in the second part of the show, we're going to bring you some shoddy audio, uh, but it's still it's still listenable um, from the Ansel rally that AAWL organised for uh, yesterday. So we'll bring you some of that audio. But time now for news from around the region. I'm not so much as it's shoddy. Let's just say it's a very environmentally sounding uh, recording. <laughs> um, right, we'll go straight to the um, to the news roundup. And the first one is we go to India on Saturday. So last Saturday, December fourth, special army units fired on a truck carrying coal miners near the village of Oting in the Mon districts of Nagaland in northeast India, killing six workers and severely injuring two others. When people from nearby working class communities arrived, they caught the soldiers trying to hide the bodies of these dead workers. A clash broke out between the two groups that saw renewed shooting from the soldiers led, led, that led to an additional uh, eight more people being killed with many others wounded. The border region of Nagaland has a high Indian military presence with large areas coming under the Armed Forces Powers Act, which gives military personnel greater powers. Human rights activists have long protested against the increasing militarisation of this area and the many killings of innocent civilians that are never investigated as um, this last uh, incident um, has highlighted. And moving now to Myanmar, on Monday of this week, the, the so December 6th, the leader of Myanmar's ruling National League for Democracy Party, Aung San Suu Kyi, was sentenced to four years in jail. Former President Win Myint was also sentenced to four years in prison for the same crimes of inciting unrest and breaching COVID rules. These trials are a desperate attempt by the military regime to give itself some legal cover for its coup, but are seen as sham kangaroo courts globally. Aung San Suu Kyi still faces additional trumped-up charges, which, if found guilty, would add up to a life sentence. These latest court cases have done nothing to stem the growing movement against the military dictatorship, with protests and clashes continuing on a daily basis all around the country. The military repression is also becoming harsher, with reports this week of the military attacking and destroying 13 villages near the central region, regional city of Monyua as part of the campaign to destroy the local self-defence people committees. We're over in Indonesia now. <clears throat> Last week, the Indonesian Constitutional Court declared that the recently enacted National Labour Law was legislative, legislatively unconstitutional due to a number of procedural faults with it. Nevertheless, it gave the government two years to fix it, leaving Labor groups unsure whether or not this Labor law was still current or legislation had reverted to the previous laws. The Labor law was introduced by the government to entice greater investment in the country by relaxing operating regulations and weakening workers' rights. For many workers in Indonesia, the situation is already dire, with the booming gig economy only making the situation worse. Gig drivers in Indonesia are among the worst paid in the world, some earning only $1.50 US a day as they are often paid only for kilometres travelled, not for waiting times and cancelled orders. This gig economy is taking over the world, unfortunately. 
Um, all right, we now go to Palestine, where last Saturday, the 3rd of uh, December, um, actually, I think it would have been um, last Friday, actually, my mm-hmm. mistake there, last Friday, the 3rd of December, was the International Day of Solidarity with Political Prisoners and Prisoners of War, and uh, which certainly uh, is important for Palestinians, as currently there are close to 5,000 Palestinians being held in Israeli jails for political reasons. On Sunday, the, the December 5th, Kayet Fafus was finally released for, um, from administrative detention after a marathon 130 days hunger strike. Kayet was the symbolic figurehead of six hunger strikers protesting Israel's controversial policy of administrative detention, which allows suspects to be held indefinitely without charge. Now, on the same day, unfortunately, a Palestinian was killed after he attacked Israeli passersby with a knife in East Jerusalem. Subsequent videos of these incidents showed the Israeli officers repeatedly firing shots at the Palestinian man as he lay wounded on the ground from blank range. And a global fund for shipbreaking workers has been set up. The beaches of Along Sosia in India, Chattagram in Bangladesh and Gadani in Pakistan, in all in South Asia, uh, receive about 70% of the world's commercial vessels. These ships are literally beached on the shoreline and then broken up by thousands of workers working under the most rudimentary conditions. The workers are exposed to heat, falling objects, all kinds of toxic chemicals, as well as asbestos. Since 2009, around 7,000 ships were beached in South Asia, with a recorded data of 425 deaths and 329 injuries amongst those workers. And we imagine these figures are obviously underreported. The figures on accidents are likely to be much higher and occupational diseases are not included as they're not monitored. While the fight to set up unions and improve working conditions has been ongoing for many years, a global coalition of 17 environmental and human rights organisations has launched a global fundraising campaign to raise funds for these injured and sick workers in these countries. And finally today, temporary migrant workers in Australia face continuing pressures. A a newly released research study by the Migrant Workers Centre has again highlighted the exploitative environment that temporary migrant workers face in Australia. After interviewing over 700 workers, it found that two-thirds of these workers had experienced some form of wage theft. A majority were confused by the visa system that they were working under and almost all suffered continual high levels of stress due to the precarity of their employment status. The Migrant Workers Centre has called on the government to offer more permanent visas, make the system easier to navigate and increase the legal protections of the rights of these workers. Organising these temporary migrant workers is a challenge that is not limited to Australia as governments all around the world are using restrictive visa systems to undermine workers' rights and their ability to organise collectively. And that's the end of the Labor um, News Roundup for today. It's just on uh, getting on to 12 past 9 o'clock. We'll go to a short community announcement, then we'll be back with the um, Ansel Rally um, uh, speeches. Hi, I'm Jacob from the Friday Rave, and I'm also on 3CR's Committee of Management. Now, the community of passionate people that founded 3CR a long time ago made some tough decisions. For a start, they committed themselves and a growing community of listeners to back their vision of owning our station. 
and in doing so remaining independent of the government and corporate influence. They did this by fundraising, brick by brick, with working bees, door knocks, on-air drives and all the rest of it, you've all been there. Now their commitment has kept 3CR on air for over 40 years. That's a long time even in my life. But now we need your commitment to keep this great thing going. Now you can subscribe online at 3cr.org.au or phone us at the station on 9419 8377 or even stop me on the bloody street if you see me at some rally or other and ask me for a membership form. You need to become a member of Melbourne Radical Radio and subscribe. It is 13 minutes past nine o'clock here in Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. Australia Asia Worker Links has been involved in a campaign for the last 12 months looking at ANSEL and its union busting and anti-worker policies, particularly in countries like Sri Lanka. This campaign had a demonstration outside Ansel's headquarters in Richmond, Melbourne, um, yesterday, and we're going to bring you some of the speeches and chants from that rally. First of all, before we kick off, just acknowledge we're on Aboriginal land here, uh, and this land is never so uh, remains Aboriginal land. As I said, we've been here before. It's been 2015 or 2013, I'm not sure. But basically the same dispute, the same issue. And we're here yet again to hold Ansel to account. A big multinational company based here in this building in Melbourne, a big Australian company, but a big international company with uh, operations all over the world, but particularly in uh, Asia. And today we are particularly uh, engaged in holding something to account for their operations in Sri Lanka and Malaysia. We'll have a couple of speeches here, do a bit of shouting and then, um, of course, this is just uh, one event in a big campaign that's been going for quite some time now and will continue to uh, after this. In fact, we have an event on Sunday, an international event online uh, in solidarity again with uh, the Sri Lankan workers. So this dispute started in 2013 when Sri Lanka sacked, uh, sorry, Ansel in Sri Lanka, Ansel Lanka, sacked 300 workers at a factory in Sri Lanka in an effort to bust the union that was being started in the factory there. At that time, we, we held a protest as part of an international campaign against that union-busting episode. And together with uh, other organisations and unions and actions around the world, uh, we were able to get most of those workers reinstated. But 11 of the key activists who were involved in uh, organising that the strike in Ansel Lanka back in 2013 were never re-employed by Ansel and they were never compensated for being sacked. So they remain in that situation today uh, despite uh, various court cases and so on um, requiring Ansel to uh, 
reinstate those workers and order compensation. We, we continue to call for those workers to be reinstated or compensated. Eight years without work and eight years fighting this company is really way too long, but it's symptomatic of a pattern of behaviour that Ansel uh, uh, perpetrates across the world, uh, in either in uh, union busting or forced labour or bonded labour and all sorts of other labour abuses. We're also here today not only in solidarity with workers from in Sri Lanka, but workers in Malaysia who are really fighting death bondage conditions. And that death bondage is when migrant workers, and Ansel employs a lot of migrant workers in its operations, uh, they have to pay a, a bond effectively to labour brokers who then uh, extract that money out of the workers um, and keep them working until they can pay off the debt and then they don't even, so they're not even making a living until they've paid off their debt and that goes on all the time in the PPE supply chain and we should just say, PPE supply chain remember PPE companies have been making a fortune during the pandemic including Antel, who have been doing very well and the PPE workers have been vital to keeping people healthy and keeping uh, workers in hospitals for, and so on safe over this period, and yet they've been some of the most grossly exploited workers in the world during this period. Every year, Antel, in response to labour rights activists, we intervened in their AGM this year and we got the same answers as always. We've got good processes, they say, we've got uh, no modern slavery in our factories and our suppliers, but every year, after they say that, there's another media report or more whistleblowers come out, uh, and even the Malaysian government showing that there are workers who have their passports confiscated, workers living in shipping containers, uh, workers who still have not had their extortionate recruitment fees refunded, even though that was a commitment that was given to them. So those workers in those factories in, in the plantations and everywhere, everywhere else that these companies operate. Civil society organisations, whistleblowers and unionists are battling against these conditions uh, and we're standing in sol solidarity with them today. So we very much appreciate everyone who's come here today to stand in solidarity with these workers. Um, we're also standing here in solidarity with workers in Indonesia. So you're getting a real sense of the extent of these are the supply chains of these companies who are trying to supply in an answer trying to organize in an Ansel supplier called Medisafe and we're standing with them again today as well. So we're standing with all those workers in all of the supply chains of these companies which are very, very extensive. They go across the world and they involve enormous amounts of exploitation and union busting. I should also say we're very we're very pleased with the unions we can see here today. Uh, health se sector unions that have to use um, PPE the most, but there are other unions as well, like meat workers and so on, who have to use PPE. Um, so some of the unions that I can see here today, we've got uh, Haksu, 
We've got United Workers Union, uh, we've got RAFWU, we've got uh, Trades Hall of course in big numbers and we've also got the support of the RTBU, the meat workers, the MUA, the ASU, VARPA, the Allied Health Union, ETU, uh, ANMF, uh, who have been a very big supporter of the campaign and remain so. So, uh, I'll end my little bit for now and then I'll just hand over <coughs> to Fiona Campbell from Haxu to just uh, say a few words about Haxu's support. Thanks, So I'm Fiona McCann from HACSU, the Health and Community Services Union. We're the union that represents disability and mental health workers. We were dubbed essential workers during COVID. Well, the majority of Melbourne uh, worked from home, including the big leaf in this office, I'm sure. We were working from home, staying away from the pandemic. HACSU members were out, caring for the most vulnerable in society. The only thing keeping our health workers safe was their union and their PPE. PPE often made by answer. It is ironic and unspeakably shameful that ANSEL workers who manufactured these gloves and face masks were themselves exposed to COVID due to their unsanitary, overcrowded, company-owned dormitory accommodation. In some instances, this accommodation were shipping crates stacked three stories high. They were exploited as migrant workers in the ANSEL factory in Malaysia and Sri Lanka, working massive overtime hours just to pay back the debt of recruitment when the workers in these factories went on strike or spoke up about their abhorrent conditions, they were sacked and faced deportation. Haxu will not sit in silence while our comrades working for Ansel and their affiliates, who have kept us safe during the pandemic, suffer inhumane working conditions. We will not sit in silence while Ansel shares increase of its slave labour. Everyone deserves a safe and respectful
know, a lot of us, yeah. And it, it surprised me, if you look at their list of products, it's a lot more expensive, like always these rubber gloves. They actually make, if you're an electrician and you use Active Armour insulated gloves, you're using an Ansel product. There's multiple, uh, what is it, like in, in construction, um, in industry, uh, in cleaning, Microflex, traction stuff, Flyflex, like there's, there's a dozen brands, leading brands, uh, which are Ansel brands. Now, union members all over Melbourne just open those packets and rip those gloves out and use those products without a second thought. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But what Australia Asia Worker Links wants to do is to build a relationship of solidarity between the worker using those products and the workers who manufacture those products and the workers in the plantations who source the raw material for those products. So to try to relate to each other as workers in struggle standing side by side with each other, not just as end users of some products and we don't know anything about the conditions in which it was made. Now that's a hell of a big project. We've been at it for well, about a year now, taking small steps. And I guess I'm here to tell Ansel, we will keep on taking those small steps. We will keep building those relationships of solidarity with healthcare workers who are very interested in the conditions under which they're the product that keeps them safe are made. With uh, electricians, with construction workers, with workers in industry, with workers in the oil industry, and so on. On Sunday night, we're meant to have leaflets here that are stuck in traffic. On Sunday night, we'll put it on the Australia Age of Worker Leagues page. Sunday night at 7.30 Melbourne time, there's a Zoom, uh, like an open Zoom public meeting. We encourage people to come along to that, to hear firsthand from some of these workers, the conditions that they're living, some of their struggles. And just by standing here, just by raising these issues with Ansel, just by raising these issues in public, we are giving a level of protection to those workers all over the world who are battling for their rights. And when they're battling for, yeah, well, yeah. So that's it. So I think give ourselves a round of applause for turning up to some of the work traffic. And keep that applause going for those Ansel workers all over the world who are battling for their rights. We're standing with them and we'll keep doing it. Thank you very much. When PPE workers are under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back! When PPE workers are under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back! When PPE workers are under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back! Hey, this is Nick from Pinyao. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. It is 27 minutes past nine o'clock. We're just in the closing minutes of the show. That was the some excerpts from the rally held yesterday, organised by AAWL in solidarity with Ansel PPE workers across the world, specifically in Sri Lanka, who were sacked because they were union organisers. And Ansel, of course, is a dirty union-busting company. Just a reminder... To listeners, next Saturday at 9.30, we're going to have a farewell for Pierre in the cafe next door to 3CR. It's called Ara and it's at 15 Smith Street in Fitzroy. Please come along to say your goodbyes and to hear some speeches. I also want to acknowledge that Pierre is this year's recipient of the Spirit of 3CR Award um, for his outstanding contribution to uh, community radio 3CR as a 
elected member of the Committee of Management, five years as the chair of that committee, uh, his time on HEPCHAT and, of course, 30 years on Asia-Pacific Currents. And I trained people, it seems, as well. And they still hang around. Badly. So. You trained them badly. We, well, I was leaving that out for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you, stand, um, if you stand enough time around, people will just think, oh, yeah, he's been around a long time. But anyway, thank you for that. But, yes, um, but Asia-Pacific, of course, we've got to say that uh, next week is also going to be the uh, final show for 2021 for Asia Pacific Currents and we'll be back um, oh well they will be back in uh, <laughs> February 2022 for I don't know the 36th 37th year of uh, Asia Pacific Currents or, or something like that and so. hold on to your seats for a dramatic increase in the quality of the show in 2022 listeners and the listenership will obviously go through the roof Indeed. As, as, as well. So um, that's all that we've got for you today. We'll be back with more stories from uh, the labour struggles in the Asia-Pacific currents next week. So stay tuned for that. But it's uh, just on 9.29. Um, and uh, it's almost it's basically time for us to go and stay listening to 3CR Radio for Palestine Remember. That will come uh, on straight after this. But that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. Me, Giselle Hanna. And me, Jodie Pesket. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.